bet Linda Hellinan's eating a bit of cabbage in her time. Hi, Linda. Oh, I love cabbage. Isn't it funny? I hated it when I was a kid, but I love it now. And all I do is just turn the fry pan up as as high as it goes and then just grill it with heaps of butter. It's so good if you char grill it. Yum. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, um, you can eat a whole, whole cabbage that way. Otherwise, they linger in the um, fridge for like... <laughs> are they hard to grow? They're, they're not hard to grow, but they're hard to get going well before autumn because if you don't get them growing well before autumn, then by now they're still sitting there. So like I sowed some seeds. Oh, end of February, and honestly, the plants are about an inch high. <laughs> so you've really got to get them in in the middle of summer when the cabbage Gosh. butterflies are around, so it's quite tricky. Okay, thank you. Uh, Linda, what's on your mind this week? Well, I thought we might talk flowers. <laughs> I went to the florist shop the other day because I, I felt like some flowers, and I know it's ridiculous, I've got a huge flower garden, but sometimes you feel like something different. Totally. And I went into the flower shop, and they basically only had the things that I've already got in my garden. So I thought, well, that's saying something, isn't it? So maybe I should stop <laughs> taking things for granted <laughs> and give them a plug. So I thought we could talk about some real good, reliable things that flower at this time of the year because there's not much. Okay, and um, people might want pens and paper to write down because there's going to be a few names coming towards you. Um, but Scented Daphne won't be on, on the list. No, no. So as much as I love Daphne, I kill them all the time. They're very temperamental. So if you've got a beautiful Daphne in your garden, just give yourself a pat on the back. And if you don't, <laughs> don't even bother. <laughs> okay, thanks. What is on the list then? Well, so at this time of the year, the first bulb that starts flowering is early chair, which is a type of daffodil. It's a narcissus, but it's not really, it doesn't look like a daffodil. It has a sort of a cluster of small, creamy, um, very, very heavily scented flowers, double flowers. So it looks like a little blob on a stick. But they're a great bulb just to have at the back of the garden. They burst into bloom. They smell divine. Probably a little bit too strong for most people to have in the house, but it just tells you that spring's coming. So I always like to see them, and they're great for picking. Thank you. Um, and then hellebores, which are sold as winter roses, even though they don't really look like a rose. I don't know where they get that name from. They're also known as Lenten roses, and they'll flower in, you know, in British gardens that are under snow. You'll see them poking up through the snow. It's quite pretty. But they're such a good, reliable perennial. You can put them under deciduous trees and shrubs that have all lost their leaves, and it gives you something to look at at this time of the year. And you can't kill them. I promise you, you can't kill them if you stick <laughs> with the originals. Some of the more modern varieties are a little harder, but they're just beautiful, and they have a lovely clump of really healthy-looking green foliage. And so because of that, you, you, know, you know, they're nondescript for the rest of the year, but because they look so healthy, it doesn't really matter. They're a really good background plant for the rest of the year, and they like, and they like shade, so that's always helpful. Thank you. I'm going to Google them. Hellebores. Yeah, they're fabulous, and some of the new varieties have just got the most beautiful flowers. And they've bred them so that instead of looking down like the original species did, they sort of face up a little bit better now. But they're oh. they're just gorgeous. Pretty oh, hopeless for picking though. They tend to um they tend to droop. So if you want to put them in a bouquet, you've kind of got to wait for them to almost be done. But then that's the other thing. They have really interesting seed pods too. So they stay interesting for months. So they're really but, good. But mostly better left in the ground, hey? I think so. They're just yeah. one of those things that's just gorgeous in the in the garden at this time of the year. Okay, what's next? Um, so manuka, which <laughs> nobody really likes, right? I mean, everyone loves it with bees and they love it in the bush, but in and out, in your garden it tends to look a bit scrappy. Mm-hmm. But there's a whole lot of new varieties, and there's one in particular that's in garden centres now in flower, and it's called coral candy, and you could not ask for more from a tea tree bush than this. Yeah. It flowers at a really low age, and it's covered in flowers, really pretty. So it's good for picking as well. 
I mean, how how big does it have to grow before it starts getting flowers? What, I mean, what, oh, what no, size that's are we what I mean. Like these are small, so that uh, they've been bred to be between sort of forty to sixty centimeters. So they're more like a little bush than a scrappy tree that you would oh, see cool. in the wild. Okay, yeah, real you. nice coral candy manuka. Yeah, um, ericas. Yeah, so Erica, there's one in particular. So Erica's and Heather's, you know, you think of them in, you know, the Scottish Highlands, those sorts of places, really cold, bleak weather. Um, but there's one called Erica melanthera, and it's called Improved, which is a really wildly unromantic name. For <laughs> yeah. But it does live up to its name. It's great for picking, and it has these little quite delicate branches covered in little bells that are pink. So it's a really lovely plant for picking and also just for having in the garden. Can't recommend it highly enough. I have not managed to kill it. Which is always a good thing. <laughs> That's Erica's cool. <laughs> yes. Couple more. The, yeah, so Colonema, so baby's breath, it's a little shrub, very low growing, absolutely smothered in flowers at this time of the year. And it's a bit of a running joke because there's one called Colonema Sunset Gold, which is the ugliest plant on the planet. It's bright yellow with pink flowers. But you go down to places like Dunedin at this time of the year, it is glowing yellow. It is bright, bright yellow, like the sunshine yellow. And so as much as I think it's hideous, I can also see that it's a really good doer. And in fact, we recently bought a house that has five of them in the garden. And I'll let them stay for now, but they are on their way to the compost heap. <laughs> <laughs> and lastly, lily of the valley. Yeah, so this is the lily of the valley shrub, Pyrrhus, not lily of the valley bulb. So it's like a, it's a shrub. It's the one that all of our manners used to grow. It's a good background plant. But what's good about it is not only is it good for picking in bud, it's also good in bloom. So from now on, it's covered in buds. And so florists actually buy it in bud as opposed to when those buds open. So it's just, it's really lovely little sprigs and sprays. So good for bouquets and also really good background plant to have under trees. So another good filler plant. So well worth getting these heaps of different varieties. And they're coming into bloom now and they'll stay in bloom for ages. So good doers. Linda, I love our chats. Thanks so much for the inspiration. No worries. Linda, Helen, and do you want me to go over them one more time, folks? So it was Narcissus Ehrlichia. Hellebores, Manuka with a special new one called Coral Candy, Erica's, or Erica, E-R-I-C-A, a Baby's Breath Shrub, or Colionema, and Paris Japonica, or Lily of the Valley Shrub.